Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, I'm Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Scott, how are we doing today? Well, uh, we're all right. Yeah, For, I had actually, I actually had maybe my first, you know, city task force type meeting today. Oh, that's We've exciting. encouraged people to do that. And we got um, one, folks. And we I did, did it. I did it. And um, yeah, it was uh, good to be over. <laughs> it's uh, a roaring endorsement, <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, I mean, it's essentially the people that I'm there with that are mm-hmm. going to, that's going to be the value of the meeting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to change the landscape of the city or make any wonderful decisions while I'm there, but I, um, it's good to be there with those people and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be glad to be there. Yep. Towards a, a and, a, and neighbors from every part of the city. Mm-hmm. So every neighborhood association Save one, I think, was represented. So. so were you a representative of a neighborhood association? No, I was representative of the faith community. Okay, cool. Very cool. So that's uh, that's what I did earlier today. And i um, happy to be talking to you now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get more done. In <laughs> Got the, done in that in, meeting. <laughs> yeah, one, uh, of, one, of the, one of the strengths of the liberal, liberal democratic order is not its speed. Um. But that's that. I think that is one of the strengths. We've talked about that before in other episodes. Mm-hmm. But when when you actually engage it, you go, "Oh, this doesn't work as fast as as the business uh, business meeting I've been in, or the maybe even the church meeting you've been in. It moves a little bit slower, but it it has. I think that's one of its strengths because it's slower and the the input um, is broad, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I did have a lot of respect for the people from the city that were trying to make it run Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. you know bless her heart it was a it was a hard job yeah well cool i'm glad you're doing that and now you are here in our sauna i mean studio and we are recording another podcast um one of the things we want to talk about today is uh, a phrase you mentioned last episode um i think you were quoting david french potentially or uh or had, had been reminded of it through him um but the idea that people will formulate their first impression of Christianity through politics. And we last episode, we were talking about campaigns, we're, we're in it, and we're talking about discipling and all that that's kind true. of stuff. Um, but that little phrase stuck out to me, and that's something I think we need to think through as Christians and thinking about, okay, if people have a first impression, they probably have a first impression of Christianity before I talk to them, and it's not going to be because of my example, it's going to be because of something else. And that something else in our context, American context, uh, here and now is likely going to be politics. Well, I think some of it's a matter of exposure. I would love, uh, I would love for people to be exposed to Christians in their neighborhood, Mm -hmm. Christians who are leaning over the fence, Mm. you know, expressing love and sharing with their neighbors and praying for them. I'd love that to be their, um, encounter with Christianity, but for mm. the most part, what I think happens is people get a report, the evangelical church supports, right. da, 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 
or the you know the evangelical church has this opinion on this issue and they'll get that from the news and they'll get that mm. uh, true or not see sure. i mean i mean i think one of the things that we do right is we say oh oh well those numbers are all wrong you know those people they don't go to church or they don't believe the right thing or you know they just talk about the evangelical church in this mm. amorphous thing and they do though that the reality is they do and we've got to say okay what does the what does the church of jesus christ do about this label or even false publicity that they mm. get as a political voting block or as some mm-hmm. sort of um you know group block that has this uh, agenda and i mean i don't understand the church as a voting block that has an mm. agenda but that's how it comes across in the news and i think that's sure. where people hear about church and so they're going to in oregon in particular if you hear about a um the evangelical church has this opinion mm. it's probably contrary to any political opinion that portlanders are going to have anyway and oh so, sure and so already you say oh, i'm representative of new life church they're gonna immediately be you know be mm. on their heels or try and put you on your heels because they have an opinion that they've already formulated because they've encountered christianity through politics right so. and and i think it's worth <clears throat> noting um that this is this is reality whether whether or it's a it's a it's a narrative reality whether um, the polling is accurate or whether the the sampling um, demographics of the evangelicals they talk to is a is a representative element the the narrative is there and people are going to take it and run with it so whether you agree with it or not you, you're still gonna have to deal with it and you don't get to define evangelical right. that's already defined that's already in the news that's already in people's brains so right. you know and get- I, I also think that's worth um, not pushing on but uh, elucidating a little bit is that when that quote in the news is evangelicals believe X, evangelical doesn't mean um, what it means to Christians uh, in in a news organization. Evangelical, it reminds me of the Princess Bride, right? right that, I don't think that think means it, what you think it means. Exactly. <laughs> um, in, in the church, evangelical comes from the word evangelion, which is the gospel. It's a lovely word. It's a theological term, and it's a way to... Uh, uh, to, to make it distinctive about a particular way to uh, proclaim Christianity, proclaim Jesus, proclaim the gospel. Uh, and I, I love it. I like the word. I think it's a helpful category. Um, in the So you pol- would like to be evangelical? In, in my definition of it, yes. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the political sphere, in the news sphere, uh, evangelical is really just a polling category to, um, to characterize a particular set of voters that may or may not go to church, that may or may not believe the distinctives of evangelicals. Um, so it, it's just helpful, and I, I, don't, I don't think you go, oh, I'm going to yell at the clouds now because you're using the wrong definition, but be aware that there are different different definitions. Well, I think, I think, you know, yell at the clouds, that's one of the ways that people try and deal with this, mm-hmm. is to say, no, 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 they don't, re- they don't speak for me. Right. And, you know, okay, they're still considered the yeah. evangelical church, and that's still going to, you know, it's going to reflect mm-hmm. on you. and It's going to reflect on Jesus is really, right. that's, that's And if that's our your concern. answer, they don't speak for me, 
well, then you better speak for yourself and, and represent what well. do you have to say? Yeah. yeah. You can't just yell <laughs> and be angry. And, yeah. if, and if you want to read more about that, uh, Thomas Kidd put out a history actually dealing with that particular question with the polling and the uh, specifically uh, in the wake of the 2016 election, I think it was 80% of evangelicals voted for Donald Trump, something like that. And he just was trying to figure out, okay, what, what does that mean? And did a full history in his book, Who is an Evangelical?, all the way back pre-American um, Revolution. And it's a short, uh, small, easily digestible book and would recommend it. I think we've recommended it before, but you, you should check it out if you're interested. Um, so we, we've kind of placed the problem uh, there on the table. Um, what are the issues? What? Well, let, let me also just say, you know, I think it's worth saying, is that you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression. Mm. And so that does come up. And then I don't want to say we're on our heels, but we are working. We do have work to do mm-hmm. to, you know, undo, you might say, whatever misconceptions there even are. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It's a. Uh, well, and um, that first impression may already have been made for you. It is made for you. That's my argument. Yeah. yeah. So you are, you, you said, I don't want to say I'm on your heels. You are on your heels. <laughs> you, you're backed in the corner already. And you have to. <clears throat> You probably have to winsomely and humbly and compassionately make an argument that's different than the first impression that was already made. Yeah, and you probably have to have the straight-up conversation, they don't speak for me, Mm -hmm. instead of shouting at the clouds Mm -hmm. and pretending that uh, you can have it both ways. Mm -hmm. Because you sort of don't get to have it both ways. That's the thing. So I think, you know, there are a number of issues that... um, and, And I would categorize, when I say that there are issues, or you ask about the issues... I think that the issues are how, what is happening with the reputation of Jesus Mm. in the sphere of politics? In other words, are Christians behaving in such a way that it reflects well on Jesus or calls Jesus into question? Mm -hmm. And that's my interest. I think that's the kingdom of heaven's interest rather than a policy, rather even than uh, something that we care as deeply about as we do pro-life. It's the repu- Are we handling this in a way that Jesus looks good? Now, you might just say, forget about it. Jesus will never look good to people that don't aren't interested in him. Okay, well, that's that may be true, but you know, much of that has to do with the way that Christians handle themselves. Well, and I, even if that were true, why would you discard the reputation of Jesus anyway? You're responsible for the reputation of Jesus, whether other people have a bad view of him or not. Whether they accept him or not. I mean, your representation of him right. is still you're important. You're a Christian, right. a little Christ. You're, you're <laughs> claiming his name. And so, yeah. So all that to say, I, I do think that we have to, you know, when we're thinking about this first impression, when we're thinking about uh, our engagement with politics, we've got to, you know, stop and take a breath and say, mm-hmm. how, how will this statement or post or the thing I forward on social media, how is that going to reflect on Jesus? Mm-hmm. And engage it first there. And so... Um, well, and that's negative. If I can flip it a little bit, that's one way of asking the question. I think another way of asking the question is, what should people know by... What should people know about Jesus by observing Christians? That's probably the positive way. Because we could go negative. Way to... <laughs> Way to see the glass half full, Eric. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if I do that. <laughs> no, the glass. I mean, in some respect, it is. It's the same glass, right? Yeah. So, yes. And in the first thing I would say is that uh, I mean Jesus Himself said what people needed to know. 
By this will all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that we've got to, we've got to get better at in the next, what, 15 months as a church is our ability to love one another and talk about politics mm-hmm. and talk about things that are hard to talk about. Yeah. So we've got to work at the unity and work at the love because even Jesus understands that that's how people are going to evaluate right. him and our relationship with him by really how we treat each other. So uh, I'm really hoping that that will be better in 2024 than it was in 2020 and then it was in 2016. So we do have uh, some work there, but I think the first thing positively is to say, work at love and work at unity with other believers. And I like to call out to the political sphere, if you love your fellow believers, I I have at church, I I got quote, I got uh, scare quotes right now, and I can love them maybe in my neighborhood, but if we're talking about politics and people observe you and go, oh, he doesn't love his neighbor, he doesn't love... um, then they're going to question your love all the time. And I think we're very bad at discussing politics or, or dealing with that. We can't have those conversations, but we, we compartmentalize. And, oh, I love you over here, and I love you over here, but this, we're just going to go or, to the wall. Or, I mean, yeah, I don't think I'd say, I love you here, I love you here, I don't love you here. I don't think anyone would say that. No, but we it, think, but oh, I love you practice. here, I love you here, and then it's like, this one doesn't really count. Mm. This, for some reason, isn't going to count for or against right. my love, when in effect you're speaking, you know, ill or uh, untruthfully or or whatever, suspiciously about another mm-hmm. uh, brother, that people will notice that, and that does count. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. I mean, I think the other, another thing is that um, people, whether you like it or not, will reason from Christians to Jesus. Mm-hmm. In other words, they will look at Christians and say, well, in fact, you hear this all the time. If this is what Jesus is like, forget it. Right. Or I love, uh, I love Jesus, but it's his followers I can't stand, or something like that. And the, people say those things because there, is, there ought to be, and in fact, there is an intrinsic um, connection between Jesus and his followers. And mm-hmm. they should be able to look at the followers and figure out what the master is like. Mm-hmm. And Jesus himself said, and also in John 13, he said, for I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. And you know, following Jesus' example is what Christians should do, and it's also the way that outsiders will expect Christians mm-hmm. to behave. So, um, Anyway, I, and I, th- I think this happens at a couple different levels. I mean, first of all, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we speak. I mean, if I'm yelling all the time, and they'll look at me and say, I don't know if Jesus yells. Good point. Okay, mm-hmm. That's one thing. But I think the other thing is when we, um, this is probably more indirectly, if we say that this candidate uh, speaks for me, mm-hmm. but he's not speaking like Jesus, mm-hmm. then we're, there, there's got to be some dissonance. Right. For the outsider looking at the church, looking at Christianity, figuring out about Jesus, they're going to say, if that person speaks for Christians, then mm-hmm. I don't know that I want anything to do with Christianity. So, or, or, a more pers- or a more incisive question, <laughs> is that what Jesus is like? Oh, I don't, I don't like that. If, if, yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a line of mm-hmm. uh, reasoning, I think, that, that people actually do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is, why, this is why we care about this enough to 
you know, do a podcast week after week is because we think that people are making that, you know, line from a candidate, let's say, mm-hmm. through to Christians whom they represent to back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to work at that through line and be responsible with it as right. believers. And I think the phrase uh, you said, this happens indirectly by who Christians say represent them, that say represent them clause is, is pretty important because I could, you could vote a particular way and be silent, uh, but it's when you're, you're attributing um, th- this, this guy, this gal aligns with us, aligns with us in value, aligns with us in, w- there, there are different ways to say that they're representative of me. And mm-hmm. it can be, the, the more you ramp that up, okay, there's, there's risk there. You're, you're taking on risk. Well, you are. My concern is that you are on behalf of Jesus. See, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, I just want to go back there all the time because this is that first impression that people are getting publicly right. about Christians, and we're really wanting to keep people, you know, I want to keep people awake to the fact that Jesus' reputation is at stake with how you handle yourself um, here. So <clears throat> I think another thing, and this is a, this is a little bit related to my, um, the, the psalm that I'm going to be uh, speaking from this weekend, and that is just the whole idea of character or moral authority, uh, because there was a day when we would say that character mattered, and I think I think that the day has come when we say character matters in the in the people on the other side. <laughs> I don't know if the character matters as much for the people mm. that I'm voting for. And I think that we've, I think we're wrong in that. Character think, matters for the people we want to lose. So we're going to point out their character as deficient. But, but on I, our side of the aisle, we're not going to talk about it. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. And I, I wasn't very clear on that either. But um, I think there's a matter of uh, character in... Um, you know, there's a, if you think about it, if you support a scoundrel um, and that scoundrel gets elected, I mean, what moral authority will you have if you have been vocal in your support? You're going to say, oh, now morals matter. Mm-hmm. We can't say that because mm-hmm. you clearly, they clearly didn't matter when you were supportive right. and when you were vocal and when you were out there. So, um, and I think the other thing is that if, if your policies matter more than character, then I think you're putting yourself in a position where the character of Jesus is again called into question because you've said partisan, you know, politics or partisan positions matter more than the character of Jesus. And, and it, you know, so let me give it just an analogy of this. Um, I sometimes have run into situations where. Uh, say a Christian wants to marry a non-Christian and they're madly in love and the, 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 say the, um, the Christians brought the non-Christian to youth group or to church and they've gotten enough of the message to know, mm. yeah, you're not supposed to be like marrying me because mm. Christians aren't supposed to marry outside the faith, maybe say something like that. And what's that non-Christian, non-Christian loves this other person. They don't, they don't want there to be no marriage or whatever. And so the, the Christian is struggling. He says, okay, well, let's get married. Th- that Christian person is making it's a choice that communicates to their non-Christian partner that you 
are in important respects, if not every respect, mm-hmm. more important than Jesus. He mm-hmm. said, don't, we shouldn't get married, but I'm going to disregard him and marry mm-hmm. you because you yeah. are more important. And in some respect, we're doing that in politics where we're supporting someone th- that is that does not um, have the character of Jesus, though claims to speak for Christians. And we're communicating to outsiders that because they have this policy, the policy is more important than their character and more important than what how Jesus says someone should mm-hmm. behave. And when we do that, I think we really compromise, um, you know, our moral authority in this public sphere, really. <clears throat> the Brookings Institute had an article that I thought was kind of interesting about this. Um, they, but they said, one thing is clear, now that evangelicals have crossed this bridge. What are evangelicals? I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. I mean, this is this. they're reporting on this from uh, October 2016. They've crossed this bridge of character mattering. Uh, they will not be credible, credible if in some future election they try to cross back and return to the status quo and to have inviolable principles backed by stern anathemas for dissenters. Henceforth, they are in the same boat with the rest of us judging each individual as an ensemble of good and bad traits, they have forfeited the standing to regard as morally defective those who disagree with their conclusions. In other words, it's one thing for us to say this person, yes, they have their moral deficiencies, but but they speak for us. And then four years later, eight years later, what's the church going to say mm-hmm. next time? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I think that was just a really good call uh, for me, or to think about is, yeah, the, uh, you know, maybe I take the worst of two options, like we've talked about mm-hmm. before. Maybe I do whatever, and then in the future, what are my options? What are my choices? My choices then are not good, and I've already crossed the bridge, and I have no uh, nothing to say to anybody about these things. So, well, I've seen that bear out. You had 2016, and now it's 2023, and you have at least a, a political attempt at persuasion to say, oh, President Biden and his family are uh, crooks. They got, you got the, what, hashtag Biden crime family uh, because of some, um, I I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on. Um, What's true, what's not true, who knows. But I look at those and go, you guys have no moral authority. You already gave it up. You can't, you can't uh, say, oh, we we should expect um, higher character from our elected officials. You, that's not a, um, that's not a leg you can stand on anymore because you already sacrificed it. Mm. You know, one article that I uh, read just in in preparation for this suggested that if if somebody came out in support of uh, Donald Trump, that they would have to go apologize to Bill Clinton. (laughs) And, And actually that person did come out in support of Donald Trump, and I... Pretty sure they I don't think didn't I've... go apologize to Bill Clinton, but those are the things. I mean, how are we how are we representing Jesus and you know moral um, values to the rest of the world? This is the I think the question. Well, and just as a reference for listeners, that um, the apology to to Bill Clinton is the what was it? I can't. There was a whole denomination, a whole really evangelicals back in the nineties during the. Um, during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, it was a 
character matters, a huge write-up. We got signatories on this and it's just a really big deal. So that's, that's where that thing came from. And, and now these yeah. things don't matter as much. So if you're going to do this, you'd have to apologize and nope, that <laughs> it's a sacrifice of that as well. And again, I mean, we, my interest is not in saying, you know, here, this character, or this, um, candidates, the one you ought to vote for or not vote for. But the reality is the reputation of Jesus is at stake in the way that we talk mm-hmm. about these things and how how we conduct ourselves publicly and the church just needs to pay attention. I think the other thing that is related, and this, this goes in a lot of other directions besides politics, but when you know, a Christian makes their primary identity as one that's uh, partisan, Republican or Democrat, mm. Uh, and that is more important to them than reflecting Jesus. They're, again, um, making Jesus less compelling and less interesting, and it appears to the watching world that Jesus is not primary, nor Mm. does he need to be. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the message I hope this podcast communicates is that Jesus does need to be primary. Mm -hmm. My identity, my identification with Jesus is first. And if my political identification even shows up on the radar screen, it is at the very periphery and a very faint, you know, blip. Right. When it's such a identity in Republican party or democratic party or whatever is it's such a pitiful idol compared to, or to sacrifice in place of King Jesus. And, Mm -hmm. uh, to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. And, just switch those. I, I'm picturing Indiana Jones moving the thing and putting the little bag. Like, mm. no, it's not going to work. It's it's not heavy enough. Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to work when yeah. you signed that movie years ago. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Still haunts us, though, doesn't Still it? Still yes. haunts us. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one. Have you seen the new one? I've not seen the okay, new one. Okay, we're off, we're off topic. Here right. we go. All right, I haven't seen the new one either. Um, City on a Hill pop culture. Yeah, movies we have not seen. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, related to some of these things, um, just is the fact that there there has been the way of talking about Jesus as sort of the warrior Christ, where he's going to come and um, uh, acquire uh, political power, and mm. Jesus will operate with political power. And the odd thing is that Jesus didn't operate with political power. Mm. And he specifically, instead of um, doing battle with his enemies, he, um, you know, he died for his enemies. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's a complete uh, switch. And, they get, and again, when we say, yeah, we got we to gotta get this voting block, the evangelical church has to get this mm-hmm. power, we're, uh, I think we're, we're rightly confusing other people about who Jesus is right. and what his priorities are. So, well, and I think it's worth pointing out. Usually, when people are friend to warrior Christ, they go to Revelation nineteen, and Jesus is on a horse, and there's a sword, and there's a tattoo, and King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and all those things, which I find pretty compelling. Um, but if and when, no, no, if when Jesus takes on all political power, it, uh, what is it? Isaiah? Is it Isaiah? Uh, the government shall be upon his shoulders, mm-hmm. and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. Um, he will not grab that power by political partisan machinations uh, in the grubby world of politics that we have now. He's just going to say, I have all authority, and this is mine, and you don't get to have it. <laughs> so 
to use that as a justification to fight dirty or fight as the world does here because oh we're we're with warrior christ that's yeah, not or or we're we're again and we've talked about this before we're doing things for jesus but not in jesus way mm -hmm. is very confusing mm -hmm. i mean people just need to realize how confusing that is and uh, i say confusing that's really polite because mm -hmm. it's not i mean it's it's sin it's right it's not good so anyway um and then I think the other thing is that when we prioritize politics like everyone else in the world prioritizes politics, um, you know, I think that onlookers can rightly draw the conclusion that we don't have anything better to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot too, is that the best, you know, it appears to people when they read articles about the evangelical church does mm -hmm. this or that, mm -hmm. that we don't have anything better to offer than somebody else who has a different political position. Right. And uh, we How small must Jesus be if the only thing we can do is what you're doing already? Yeah. So, oh. Um, and then I think the other, um, the other thing that's related to all of this as far as first impressions go is when we try and combine Christianity and politics, uh, it's going to leave the uninitiated to equate that uh, there is a certain political position that uh, equates with Christianity. Mm. And in other words, you have to buy this political position to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a first impression that people get, mm -hmm. whether it's from the news or whether it's from people, you know, parading around with signs or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be, that uh, when we equate Christianity with politics, we in it, you know, we don't mean to. We we're well intentioned. I think I I don't think anybody has done any of these things probably has mm. awful intentions. I think I need to say that. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, they they mean well, but but the outcome of all of this is just an increase in misunderstanding, increase in the difficulty with which we can be clear about who Jesus is. Mm. Yeah. And what Jesus demands of the world. So whenever we're talking about first impressions. Uh, what, what are potential first impressions people had about Christianity? January 6th comes to mind. There's the Christian flag flying over here, and there's the cross here, cross over here, and then there's a gallows over here. And what, are, what, what in the world is Christianity about? And if I, if I know nothing about Christianity, and those are the, you ask your friend, hey, what's that flag? Oh, that's the Christian flag. Okay, so these are connected somehow. Um, I, I want to, I really want to protect the reputation of Jesus from that association, and. One of the I recently saw um, a, a painting of that kind of typical what would that be nineteen fifties Jesus, um, but he had a Make America Great Again hat, and it was just this painting that someone was carrying or something, and I just thought, wow, that for someone that is their first impression of Jesus. Who's Jesus? Oh, I've seen a painting, and apparently associated with this mm -hmm. political. Um, really time-sensitive movement, a, a particular American uh, 2020s moment. Yeah. moment um, is that what Jesus is about? I don't, depending on who that person is, they probably don't want to hear anything more about Jesus. Uh, and that, that's their first impression. And I just, I just think about all these different pictures I've seen in these uh, conflations of like a weird folk theology and right-wing rhetoric, or you could do other, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, it could be a different flavor 
Um, but th- that's not Jesus. Right. Jesus is bigger than that. Jesus is better and more majestic and well, more and lovely than that. Yeah, you've got that on you know on left wing rhetoric mm-hmm. too. With sure. even with you know rainbows and different things that mm-hmm. represent really God's promise in a way that is not what God intended. Sure. So yep. yeah, you got it on all sides. But I but I just think we you know need to stop and think about how are we portraying Jesus to a watching world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you have a? I have some t- some takeaways I thought about. How do we? Uh, one one of the takeaways I think you should all uh, walk away with is realize this. This is happening. Um, so if you interact with someone, especially uninitiated, they're going to have a large pile of stuff they've observed Christians doing or been told the evangelical church believes or whatever, um, and you're going to need to work through that. And, and work through that in communication. We already talked about that at the top of the episode, but realize that you have probably a harder job than you anticipated um, explaining who Jesus is and trying to uh, point to the loveliness of Christ. I think, yeah, I think there's been a, a sense in which we're com- we've come out of, I don't know what um, people might consider more of a churched culture mm-hmm. into a less churched culture. Mm-hmm. And so it, it isn't, though just as though people knew the Bible stories and they knew churchy things back in the day and don't know them now. It's instead, it's not that they don't know them, it's rather that they have the wrong information. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have a different narrative about Jesus rather than no narrative all at right. all. And that, to me, is is a bigger job than for the church. And, and really, because of the nature of politics and how emotionally charged it is a lot of this and the inability of people to to thoughtfully reason their political opinions or their public um, conversations a lot of the narrative people are telling themselves about jesus i think is emotional rather than rational mm-hmm. now and it's an alternate story it's not the real story and so we've just got a lot of undoing to do that we have to do probably have to do emotionally and relationally and um, ultimately, uh, rationally as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And I'd also say, just as an action, what's a practical action you could do? Pray that God would make himself look good. Look good through you. Um, pray that his reputation, the reputation of Jesus would look good. Uh, I think that will give you an excellent footing as you uh, try to walk well. If you're starting with God, I want you to look good, and I want you to use me to, to make you look good. Um, you're going to be starting from a completely different spot than everyone else that's more focused on the, the partisan side or the political side or um, Well, and pray for else. the evangelical church. I mean, as, yeah. as, it is a, you know, a, as it appears in this voting block, like Eric mentioned, pray for the evangelical church that they wouldn't do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. That'll really help. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> prayer. Pray that the evangelical church wouldn't do stupid stuff. There you go. Amen. <laughs> That's my contribution today. <laughs> there you go. Is there any, that's like the last word. Is there anything else to add beyond that? I have nothing else to say on this. Perfect. Okay. Well, I hope you all do. Um, I hope that you all don't just shy away from engaging uh, right. because of all these uh, potential pitfalls or potential misalignment from the faithful story of Jesus. It's already out there. Um, I don't think you need to. Um, worry about that and be shy. I think you just need to keep your eyes on Jesus so you have a good, faithful picture of who Jesus is and uh, ask him to help you make him known well. Um, 
So keep coming back. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. We're going to keep talking about um, politics and how we can make Jesus look good in that sphere. And if you find what we're doing helpful, a review goes a long way to getting this to other people. Share it with a friend. Uh, post it on social media. Send them a text and say, here's the latest episode. And if you do have questions or feedback, send them to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And we look forward to the next conversation. <laughs>